We're talking about the leading of the Lord versus bias and our need to uh, understand the difference between the two. So uh, I've found that this is a major issue and mm -hmm. I've watched it wreck people's ministry yep. and watched it wreck their life because they didn't understand the difference between mm -hmm. this. Uh, but ultimately what I wanna talk about today is how do we get to the place where our bias is not in a priority above the leading of God? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And we were talking about, you and Buddy and I were talking about that right. this morning, which is part of the reason why I wanted you to be on here. And you and I have talked about this a lot of times. Oh, are you saying I have a lot of bias? <laughs> no, no, no. We've discussed this topic a lot. So. We've talked about this a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's, Marky, you just I, need to come on up. I know, but for real though, I literally like I I I have something currently this moment currently yeah. that mm -hmm. I I think I have some bias on and leg legitimately that I'm like needing to I, I've been thinking about it the past couple of days like needing yeah. to get rid of the bias. Yeah. So yeah. you're you're hundred percent right. Right like, on I, time. I need to hear this. <laughs> Well, one of the things that we found, and I want to, I want to look at this, so I have a, a scripture. One of the things that I've found is when we do not have revelation, I mean legit revelation, mm -hmm. that God knows best coupled with God wants the best for us. Yeah. So mm -hmm. when we know and we have revelation of it, that God knows everything, every detail, mm -hmm. and he wants the best for us and with the idea that he's going to tell us that, that yeah. he's going to lead us that. When we know those two things, it's kind of like, why would I make any choice? But if we don't know one of those things, if we're not aware of one of those, or we don't have like rhema revelation of yeah. it, then we constantly go back to our default of, What's the most logical? What yeah. do I want the best? Yeah. What's going to be the best place for me? I really want to work there. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So <laughs> what's your granted for? And so <laughs> anyway, so one of the things is that we, we have to get revelation that God wants the best for us. And we must have revelation that that he sees it all. He, you so know, one, yeah. the one that God knows, you can put this in the comments. Yeah, two yeah. things we need big revelation on. One that God knows best. He mm -hmm. knows He knows what's best. He knows every detail. In other words, the, the word would be omniscient. He knows every detail. He sees every detail of your life. You know, and, and how do we know this? Well, he knows the number of the hairs mm -hmm. on your head. You know, yeah. uh, we know that he knows everything. The Bible teaches us and shows us that he knows everything. Yeah. He can see forward, past, present. He can see all of it, mm -hmm. all at one time. He knows where you're going, where you're going, where I'm going. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so the Bible lays that out very clearly. But the, And I think everybody would go, oh, yeah, he knows everything. If they're a believer in God, they would say, yeah, he knows everything. But they don't apply that yeah, to right. he wants the best for me. Yeah, yeah. They well, don't, and they don't have revelation that he wants the best. Mm -hmm. And and how do we know that we don't have revelation? Because we keep thinking our thoughts are better than his. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, what's cool too about that uh, illustration that you just gave about that God gives in the Bible about knowing the number of our hairs. It's not just saying he knows everything about like the future and the world and stuff like that. In that specifically, he's saying he knows everything about us. Right. It's personal. It is personal. It's not yeah. just about the world or I know yeah. I know everything about the state of mankind. Yeah. He's saying I know everything about Marky, yeah. mm -hmm. I know everything about Serena. Yeah. So when he's giving a directive, it's not just about everybody else. It's personal to he knows yeah. he knows what I would want the best. Right. Yeah. He knows yeah. our desires better than we even yeah. know our desires. Don't we know from the word that God many times judges us off of our heart? Mm -hmm. So in other words, he knows the depths of who we are. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can remember one time when um, the Lord asked me a question. He said, "He said, what do you like?" And I went, you know, in other words, he was asking me what what things do I enjoy personally, like in in the in this world, what things do you enjoy? And honestly, I didn't have an answer for him because I we had been working, we had been starting the church, and I was so focused on work, I wasn't paying attention to fun mm -hmm. and enjoying life at all, right? I, I just wasn't. And so I went, uh, I said, Lord, I, and I knew I was wrong. I knew, I knew I was wrong, and I said, I don't know. I said, you know, my, you know me better than I know me. What, what do I like? What do I like? And he said, you like watches. And I was thinking, I do like watches. <laughs> and uh, he said, that's why you look at people's watch all the time. And, uh, mm -hmm. he, and I realized, like, to me, it's like a piece of artwork on somebody's wrist, you mm -hmm. know. And I was like, I do like watches. I do. And he knew that about me when my brain didn't even know that. Yeah. Like, I could have come to that conclusion, but he knew it just like that. He knew what was not just in my head. He knew what was in my heart. Right. And what he was showing me was that I want to give you, th you know, things written richly to enjoy mm -hmm. and life richly to enjoy. And from that moment, uh, literally people started giving me watches and I started mm -hmm. receiving watches and then I'd sew watches. And so I've had mm -hmm. a bunch of watches mm -hmm. over the years pass through, but it started I, before that I might've had two or three watches, like a sports watch, a dress, a, a black dress watch and a brown dress watch, you know, and that was about it. And, uh, but after that, you know, I had a bunch of different ones, and he was he was saying, "I want to give this to you because I know you like it." Right. You know, that's his heart, mm -hmm. yeah. and um, it is cool. It, so much so that after he gave me that revelation, I changed like my Amazon wish list, and I put a <laughs> bunch of watches on there, and I probably put I don't know, um, I probably put probably 30 watches on there. And it, they range from $100 to $10,000. I mean, it was a lot of different mm -hmm. watches that I, that I put on there. And, uh, but there was one watch that was about $160. And uh, it was out of that list. It was two weeks before Christmas. Nicole had already bought everything she was going to buy me. And um, she, didn't, she didn't get that watch for me. But I remember thinking, I really like that watch. I kept thinking about that one watch. Out of all those watches, that $160 watch, I just kept thinking about it. I really like that. And then after Christmas came and went, literally in my flesh, I was thinking, I wish I would have gotten that. And I was thinking about that. I go to a meeting two weeks later, and a friend of mine has that watch but an upgrade 
And I, and I recognized, I went, that's this kind of watch. And he said, yeah, it is. He said, I got it for Christmas and everything. And I was like, I know that they're cool. And that's all I said. The next day he came back to me and said, I want you to have this watch. I was like, that's your Christmas present. He said, no, the Lord told me to give this to you. So my point is, he knew what was in my heart. And out of all those watches, he, he gave me the upgrade of the one that I really, really wanted. Yeah. And my, my point in that is he sees our heart and he knows us better than we know right. ourselves. And when we get a revelation of his knowledge of us, that he knows us better than ourselves, <coughs> then what is it that he doesn't know? What plans are going to be worse in him? Like when he's given them or that he's not going to see through all the details of it. He's right. going to see all those details and he cares about us. He loves us probably more, I would say easily, more than we love ourselves. Yeah. Right? He yeah. loves us more than we love yeah. ourselves. Our, our love will fail in areas when we look at ourselves, when we think about ourselves. His love is pure towards us, and it doesn't turn. And uh, I was reading this earlier in Psalms, uh, excuse me. Where, where did I put it? Oh, oh there it is. Uh, Jeremiah 31.3, I thought it was Psalms. I was looking for it. Jeremiah 31.3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. So God says that to us. I have loved you with an everlasting love. So when we know that he knows everything and we know that his heart is 100% pure towards us, then what will he not get to us? And then we, we see this in Psalms 84, 11. It says, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Yeah. So if we will walk uprightly, what good plans will, we, will he hold back from us? If he knows everything and he loves us, if it's an absolute knowledge and an absolute love, those two things. See, God is comprised of this. An absolute knowledge mm -hmm. and an absolute love. Omniscient knowledge and omniscient love, right? Yeah, and right. now he says, if you will seek me, you will find me in Jeremiah 29 and Jeremiah 24, 7. He'll, he says, you seek me, you'll find me. He's, if we're going to walk rightly, what portion of that will we, he withhold from us? Right. When we need to know those plans and need to know that knowledge, out of his absolute love and out of his absolute knowledge, and out of, in his love, he's not withholding any good thing. Mm -hmm. How would he not tell us what we need to know? Right. Right? Then you go over into Romans 8, 32, and it, and it says, if he gave us a son, how much more will he give us all things right. freely? Right? Mm -hmm. yeah. how, how in the world would he not give those to us? So the issue is we keep making our own plans mm -hmm. and coming up with our own stuff because we don't, we don't have revelation of that. Yeah. But when we get revelation of that, we realize there's no way he can hold that back. And why would I want to rely on my knowledge yeah. that is limited when I can access God's unlimited knowledge? Right. Yeah. That reminds me of um, 1 Peter 5, 7. We know yeah. cast all your cares on the Lord because he cares yeah. for you. But if we do have a bias towards anything, that's a care. And we're not able to effectively cast that on him if we don't know how much he cares for us. Yeah. So that, not, that love that you were talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. 
Uh, I just want to look at the comments really quickly. So uh, Kevin said, okay, Pastor Brian, did you have me in mind when the Holy Spirit gave you this? And then he said, why is the hair of my head so important to God? I, don't, I think he's kind of like, kind of asking maybe, kind of saying, like pointing it out. But um, he was actually the person that the Lord pointed that out with. Like the Lord had you talk to him about the hair on his head, how it was important. And it oh, wasn't, yeah. it was during prayer night. We, That's uh, right, on I a, forgot about that. So during a Holy Ghost weekend, we have a prayer night every, during that week on, on Friday nights. And uh, while we were praying, the Lord had you talk to him about yeah. how he knew the hairs on his head. And it wasn't even me, but just witnessing it, it blessed yeah. me. Cause oh, I know, because well, I know that's not just for him, that's for anyone who yeah. received it. So I'm watching that like, oh my goodness. Wow, yeah. that is so precious. Of, yeah. um, it, it was really cool. Amen, but, yeah. amen. Well, have you ever, you know, I think the hairs on our head just shows us the depth of God's love and knowledge yeah. of us. You know, one, he knows that, that deep, he has that deep of a knowledge and a concern mm -hmm. for us. You know, why in the world, like I'm thinking about the hair on our head and why in the world do I need to know how many hairs I have on my head, right? That, to me, that it's almost illogical yeah. until you get to the place, to the heart of love. Mm -hmm. Like he knows how many we have because he loves us that deeply. It's more, it, it shows his knowledge, but it's more revelatory of his love and his, yeah. his heart for us, right? Yeah. But I'm also, I'm thinking about, you know, where it says in the same, I think it's in the same says scripture where it says, um, it says he knows every bird that falls to the ground, right? If, they, if a bird falls to the ground, now think about that across the whole earth. He knows every bird that falls to the ground. Mm -hmm. How much knowledge does he have? How much revelation yeah. does he have, right? Yeah. And so think about that. Have you ever seen a, a flock of mi migratory birds where there's millions mm -hmm. of birds? I mean, millions of birds. He knows every one, and he knows every one that falls to the ground. And mm -hmm. the context of that is he doesn't just know the birds. He knows every animal. Yeah. He knows every fish. He knows every, you know, uh, plankton, you know, he knows every amoeba. He knows all of that. That's the context of it to show us. And that's just what's on earth. Then there's billions of stars surrounded by billions of galaxies You know, multiplied by billions of galaxies. He knows all that. And, and you start to realize that, and we'll go to a scripture here in a second that'll kind of point this out, but you start to realize that any science that we have, God had it first. God gave that science to man. Mm -hmm. So you can have people that specialize, like let's say that you have a rocket scientist. That rocket scientist has a special field in rocket science. So he's, he's a professional. He's very skilled. He's a scientist in that area. He's probably got his doctorate, you know, multiple doctorates and things like that, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, but that's just one field. And he spends a lifetime in one field. You have other people who are mathematicians, other people who are yeah. English majors. You have people who are, who are specialized in building houses, right? You have people who are specialized today in networking, you know, and uh, Bluetooth technology and, and uh, you know, cell phone towers. And you have all of these different fields right? You have the school teacher, you have the professors, you have pastors, you know, you have, uh, you know, works and acts of service. You have all these different fields 
You know, you have people that edit video. You have social media specialties. You have mm -hmm. you have graphics designers. You have website designers. You think about think about what it would take for one person to learn every field of study on the earth. Not even we're not talking about off the earth. We're just talking about on the earth. Mm -hmm. Then you have oceanography and yeah. you mm -hmm. think about that. I mean, we could go on and on and on and on. But the word says in James 1:17, every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variableness nor shadow of turning. That means a good gift of that working knowledge in a science, in an area, a specialty, all of that came from the Lord. The Lord had to reveal that. The Lord had to put that in men. You know, God had all of that at one time, in one moment. Every, you know, he could literally teach every doctorate program that's ever been. And the ones beyond it. Matter of fact, when they uh, started getting into when they started getting into DNA, one of the things they found was that in the DNA was like it looked like to them computer programming, computer code. And then they dig into it, and they called some guys over from Microsoft and said, "Hey, we we're in this DNA, and you know we're in a biological field, but this looks like computer code." And they said, they, they looked at it, they started examining it, and, and here's what the guys, the highest guys in the, you know, basically on the earth at that time or close to it, said, that is absolutely computer code written in the biological DNA, but it's way beyond anything we've ever wow. seen. Like we recognize it, we recognize the, the functions and we recognize the pieces mm -hmm. of it, but it's beyond us. Wow. So... So before we even had the, the slightest idea of computers, yeah. God was writing code in, in the earth and in us, right. in yeah. our DNA. Wow. I, I mean, God had all this. All the, so what doesn't God know? Yeah. That's the whole point. How yeah. big is God? Yeah. What doesn't he know? Yeah. And that's just earth stuff. Well, now you've got planets out there that are made, the whole planet's a diamond, yeah. you know. It, it, the whole planet's made of, it, you have planets where it rains diamonds. You have planets that are, you know, stars that are completely molten. He knows all of this. He knows every detail of everything. That's why he's God. Yeah. He's God. And then we think that our feelings towards a certain direction is stronger than God's knowledge of it. Now, see, if God wasn't absolute love and he didn't love us with an absolute love, okay, I could understand why we wouldn't listen to him because he'd be giving us the wrong thing. That's exactly why we don't listen to the devil. We don't listen to those temptations. But because God is absolute love as well as absolute knowledge, there's no way we shouldn't listen to his leading over our own. Right. Which that's the, the most wisdom we could ever have is mm -hmm. to... Listen to him, right? Yeah. But the issue is we've grown up in a world that's taught us to move by our feelings, move by our emotions. Well, I just don't, I don't like the thought of, of doing that. I just don't like the thought of working there. I don't like the thought of, of going to that place or moving to that place or, you know, I don't like that thought. And because yeah. we don't like it, we throw away the love and the knowledge of yeah. God. That's if, that's essentially what we do. Yeah. Like, how ignorant can we be in that moment 
because of our feelings, which is why he teaches us not to be moved by feelings, but led by the Spirit of God. Right. Because through the leading of the Spirit of God, he can manifest his love and get us the knowledge that we need, even if we don't understand it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even if we don't understand right. it. Yeah. Do you guys have any questions about what we've been talking about? Put yeah. them in right now. Um, Hannah said, thank God for his love and mercy. <laughs> we are so blessed. I know. Amen. And while you were saying that, you are talking about like the birds and stuff. And then I, <laughs> I remembered, I'm like, do you know how many ants there are? Right. <laughs> there are so many. Right. Trillions of ants. Yeah. Like, for him to have the capacity, yeah, like the capacity of his knowledge, it's like I, I can't even wrap my head yeah. around yeah. how he knows so much all yeah. at once. Right. Yeah. Like knows about every ant. Like it, it just blows my mind. Yeah. Well, and the, see, you start to recognize why, you know, once you really grab a hold of what. I just finished saying, once you really grab a hold of it, and we need to spend time meditating on that. We need to spend time on these scriptures that I mentioned yeah. already. He loves us with an everlasting love. He knows the hairs on our head. He, he knows every bird that falls to the ground. The context of that is what doesn't he know? Mm -hmm. There's not an answer right. for that. There's nothing he doesn't know, you know, as far as in terms of facts and trivia and, and knowledge and understanding. He knows it all. So when he knows all that and he loves it, we really need to spend time meditating on that because when we get a revelation of that, the next, the next logical step in our brain is, why in the world would I ever rely on myself? <laughs> why would yeah. I try and care for yeah. myself? Like that would be the stupidest thing I could ever do. Yeah. It really would. Yeah. For me to try and move by what I feel, and why in the world would I ever do that? Would I ever move by my feelings? Would I ever move by earthly logic when I have that at my hands? When I have a loving father, who? why in the world would I do that? Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, <laughs> it's just kind of like hitting like, wow. Because yeah. also when you... Not only does he, there's so many revelations here, not only does he, he knows everything possible that there is to know. Right. Yeah. He loves us with a love so deep yes. that he knows every hair on our head. Yeah. And then, and then you take it to the point of, and he wants to be inside of us. And yeah. he wants to have a relationship with us. And mixing all of those things together is huge yeah. it's massive so um one question i had is would you say getting all of that into because in, in our heads we kind of know like most christians kind of know most of that i would say yes yeah. god knows everything yeah. yes god loves me how many times have we heard someone say god loves you it we hear yeah. it, we hear it all the time jesus right. loves you we hear that even people who aren't saved when you ask them has anyone ever told you that god loves you a lot of them will say yes they've heard yeah. that so getting it here into here is that coming? Yeah. Does that come from meditating? What you're saying? How we need well, to meditate? Well, yeah, you've got to get. It's good to get Ram on it and to meditate. Remember, he told Joshua, meditate on the law or meditate on the word day and night, and then you will make right. your way successful. What you're talking about is what's called mental ascent. Okay, mental ascent, which is where we have knowledge of something. It's trivia. It's factual, but we don't have a, a Rama 
revelation mm -hmm. and a live revelation of it. And so as I'm speaking this, you hear the anointing on this issue, the Holy Ghost and the anointing. Remember, knowledge comes, true knowledge comes from the anointing. You mm -hmm. have anointing, then you have enlightenment uh, in your spirit. It becomes enlightened, that's the rhema, and then that will bring logic and bring earthly logic. We try, we've tried to grab things by earthly logic and bring it and turn it into an anointing. Mm -hmm. But you get it by the anointing first. And so when you hear the word preach with anointing, when you're reading the word by the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. you know, you're letting the Holy Spirit guide your, you know, Lord, Holy Spirit, teach me what this word means. Show me what it means. Um, when you are sitting in a service and you have a preacher that's preaching under the anointing, this, this can cause revelation to come and it moves from just trivia right. mm -hmm. to our heart. Yeah. So it's not just meditating, it's having the anointing yeah, the and Holy Spirit. Yeah, it, it is meditating as well, but it, that meditation is a function of the anointing. Mm -hmm. As you meditate on it, the Holy Spirit brings that anointing in. So, you know, I'll think on these these verses that we talked about already, He loves me with an everlasting yeah. love. How I got to that place is I meditated on these exact scriptures. You know, He loves me with an everlasting mm -hmm. love. He knows everything. And then it was like... You know, one day I'm sitting there, I'm like, why in the world would I ever, ever rely on myself and my knowledge to answer any question, mm -hmm. you know? And when I got that, it just simplified it so much, you know? And I, all of a sudden, and you can see why I'm sitting here as a pastor going, why are you letting your emotions lead you? Why are you thinking that's the best for you? Have you heard from the Lord? <laughs> you know, you can see why I would think that way because to me, it's crazy to think in a different way mm -hmm. when we have this and the Lord who knows everything yeah. available to us. Um, so one of the things that we were talking about this morning, and this will work for most people. This will, so bef before I go to that story, let me come back to this is we need to meditate on this. We need to take some time. We need to read these scriptures think on them throughout the day. Let that revelation drop inside of us. Uh, when we, a lot of people who think they're in faith, they know that God can heal. Uh, they know that he will heal some, but they don't know that he will heal them now. Mm -hmm. So they know that he's a healer here, mm -hmm. but they don't know it in their heart, yeah. in the core. They don't have mind renewal in the core of who they are. They don't have that mind renewal, right? And so that, and that's what you see even in the New Testament. It says even the demons know yeah. and tremble, yeah. but they don't trust him at their core. Yeah. You see, they even know, they know the details. They know he's Lord, yeah. but they don't trust him. They decided not to trust him. They mm -hmm. decided that I can do better without him, you know, decades ago, years ago, even though they knew he's king of kings. I saw Jesus on the throne. I was there. You know, they knew, they saw him. They were in heaven with him, but they decided I can do better without him. So they, they let that be plucked from their heart that he was. So even in their head, in their logic, they know he's Lord, but they don't trust him here. And that's the issue that many of us have. Many of us know he's Lord. We know he's got all this information, but we've not meditated on it to the point where we get it down inside of us going, 
God, there's no reason for me to ever move by my own logic and emotions. Yeah. Again, when I have the Holy Ghost who's connected to an absolute love and an absolute knowledge, there's yeah. just no way. It's easy to assume, though, okay, I have a relationship with God, so I must trust Him. But what you're saying is you're bringing, bringing to the surface, like, demons... I mean, if I'm understanding right the process, demons used to be angels, used to be in heaven, in heaven with yeah. God, right. have probably been in God's presence, his physical presence, and can choose not to trust him. Yeah. So how much more we, who've always lived on earth, are walking out by faith in yeah. a little bit of a different way, Obviously, we can also know him, yeah. but not trust him. Sure, and that, I mean, even look at the Pharisees. They knew God, they knew God, but didn't trust him. Yeah. They what they trusted was their political system, their religious system, instead of the person of God. Yeah. And so, so much so that when the Son of God, who they were looking for, shows up in front of them, doing and fulfilling every prophecy about him. They missed them. So their bias completely blinded them in deception. They couldn't even see who mm -hmm. Jesus was. I, I've watched, I would say, I've been, I've been that person before, and I've watched religious people do that time and time again. The Lord's healing somebody right in front. They're like, you know, he's healing by the devil, right? It's their own right. bias. Yeah. And so they're not humble. They're not yielded to the Lord. They can't even see what God's doing. And you know, humility is uh, your humility is your protection against deception. You know, humility is. So when we humble ourselves to who God is, absolute love, absolute knowledge, that humility will protect us against being deceived. And we'll step out of bias because we'll say, even though I want to do this, you know, even though I want to do this. I'm, you know, I trust you more than what I want, Lord. I trust you more. So, yeah. and I recognize my flesh wants to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, I recognize that. Well, we know the flesh and the spirit are always at odds with each other. They war against each other. And uh, so it's one of those things where uh, you'll, you'll always be able to see that, hey, God's plan is always better yeah. than what my flesh, the reasons why my flesh wants to do something. I'm not going to say that what God's doing in the flesh, our flesh doesn't, we don't want those things to happen at some point. Um, our flesh does, but the, the issue that's always at war with each other is why does it want it? You know, why does it want it? Yeah. It's there. I've had times where it's like God tells me to do something. I really wanted to go do that. You know, like when he told me to take Nicole to Hawaii, right? He want he wanted me to take Nicole to Hawaii because he wants to be loving her. I wanted to take her and be loving on her, but I also kind of wanted to go myself, you know? <laughs> and so my, my flesh was there. So it was the flesh's reasoning mm -hmm. though is different. Now out of my spirit, man, was I wanted to serve her too, you see? Mm -hmm. And uh, so you have to, you have to see that it's not just what the flesh wants to do only. It's the reasoning behind it, you yeah. know, and the heart of it. But I thought about this this morning. Mm -hmm. I thought this was really good. So this will work for this will work for most people unless they build houses for a living. So I'm, for the majority of people, think about this. So 
in your house or in the, in the place, your apartment, where you live, whatever, uh, you know the rooms that you have, you know where the bathroom is, you know where the kitchen is and everything else. Um, but are there things about that house you don't know? You know, are there, do you know how to wire it so that nothing catches on fire? Do you know how to run the cables behind the walls and get them to be a plug on the wall? Do you know how to run the plumbing, right? Mm -hmm. Do you know that the plumbing under the house has to be at a certain angle minimum so that it doesn't get clogged up? Do you know how many P-traps are in the plumbing, right? <laughs> Yeah. I don't know what you even just mean said, by yeah. P-trap. And that's, and that's my point. <laughs> I'm very confused by that. So thing. here's the thing. But yet, you live in a house, right? Yeah. You live in a, a dwelling, and you utilize all of these things without even knowing it. Yeah. And that's just two items of building a house, you know. Did you know how to put the drywall on? Did you know how to make it look seamless? Do you know what ingredients went into the paint? So how many details are in a house? Do you know why the insulation? Do you know how thick your walls are? You know, most walls were four inches thick. Then recently we, we started paying attention to the energy. A lot of them are six inches thick now, right? Uh, do you know what size AC unit you need for what square footage? Should you have one or two in a house? How about a split level house? What, you know, there's all these, do you know how long shingles last versus the, the metal, you know, roofs that they have now? You know, which one is, is better? Should, what's the advantages of vinyl siding versus brick? You know, what's, all of these, can you see, there's a lot of details that we don't mm -hmm. even know. Now, this is just a physical house. But God tells us, that he is the builder of our spiritual house. And so if even in a physical house, if somebody's not a builder, then if somebody even understands a little bit about houses, they'll understand this. But they can see it, they can see far enough, like I know all of the things that I just told you about, but I can see far enough to tell you, I don't know how to build a house. I don't know how to do that. I wouldn't even try. If God loves us with an absolute love and he has knowledge that's an absolute knowledge, why would we try to build the house if even in the physical house there's so many things we don't know? Right. The, the spiritual is ultimate, you know, ultimately you know, exponential in its details, where we're going, how we're going to get there. The builder of our house is God, unless God builds the house. The builder of our spiritual life is God. Why would I think that I know how to do something when I have God sitting there as the builder who knows every detail? You know, would you go and try to build a physical house? Nope. No. Yeah. And I just mentioned a few things that yeah. you don't know about, right? How many other things do we not know about? Right. Do you know where you will be and what you'll be doing 10 years from now? No, but God does. Do you know where you will be and what you'll be doing exactly 1,000 years from now? No, but God does. Do you know what you're called to? Do you know what giftings are on the inside of you right now that God put there when he saw you in your mother's womb and he placed them there and he's about to turn them on and activate them three years from now, four months and three days, two hours and 30 <laughs> seconds? No, but he does. Mm -hmm. He does. And so why would we listen to our fleshly emotions and our fleshly logic 
when God has that all worked out. So I don't want to. I don't want to be the builder. There's too many details about it. I don't know. I, I can't build my spiritual house. You can't build your spiritual house like God can. And when we try to build our spiritual house, what happens? We jack it up. Yeah. <laughs> when we try to build our spiritual house, we jack it up. So why in the world would I, would I try to follow my feelings that are, we already know is jacked up? <laughs> why would, we know our feelings come from a corrupted flesh. Why would I follow that? So the issue is we can get into being so biased that we don't even listen. Well, you just got to, and watch this. This is what the devil does. Well, you just got to do what makes you feel good. That is 100% contrary to that right there. That's 100%. That's telling you what that's saying is live by the flesh, live by your bias, and don't listen to God at all because your flesh is never going to agree with God. Right. Your flesh is always going to want to do the wrong things for the wrong reasons because it's got corruption built in. But see, that's what we're taught. When did we start learning that? The moment we started watching TV, we started learning, do what makes you feel good. Or follow your heart. Follow your heart. Mm -hmm. Well, just, just do what gives you peace on, peace on the inside. That sounds good, and actually that's close to Scripture, but it's still twisted because they're talking about fleshly feelings, not about a spiritual leading. Even babies, babies come out and they instantly, there's the, something that mothers have to have to handle, which is, is the baby hungry or yeah. is the baby wanting to be comforted? The baby will literally want to eat, not out of hunger, but out yeah. of comfort. It's yeah. something that you're literally born with is wanting yeah. to be comforted. Well, comfort is one of the worst things. You know, it's not that the Holy Spirit is a comforter, so comfort in itself is not bad, but our flesh's desire for comfort will lead us astray all the time. And so we have to recognize that, and we have to put that down on purpose and intentional and deny the comforts of the flesh and let the, our comfort come from our source, mm -hmm. which is God, the Holy Spirit. So when your comfort comes from God, it's fine. It's always going to be right. It's always going to be good. But when the comfort or the feelings and everything come from a corrupted flesh, and that's the, the generation of it, that's the origination, that's the source of it, it's always going to be wrong. And by recognizing that, it helps us to set us on a path that we can actually walk in godliness, walk in his right thing. You notice that verse before in Psalms 84, 11 says that, he is not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly. So he's already given us in his word that walking uprightly is not walking by the flesh, right. but walking by the spirit. Romans 8 is very clear about that. Walk by the flesh is death. Walk by the spirit is life and peace. So by the, we know that walking uprightly is, I'm not listening to the flesh anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I crucify the flesh. I put the flesh down and its biases and its feelings and its emotions. I don't live by that. That's all corrupted. It's corrupt. Mm -hmm. So why would I live by something that's corrupt? Let me live by something that's perfect. God's love for us. So that's why we don't go into decisions with a bias feeling like, yeah, Lord, just show me what to do. But on the inside, we're going, but I really like want to do this, you know. And then like we're praying, we're acting holy. Oh, Jesus, please just show me what to do. But on the inside, in our flesh, man, we're like, but please say my precious over here, <laughs> right? 
Uh, and everybody has done it. And like, I really want you to tell me this. Tell me that this guy is the one for me. Right? Yeah. That's what we do. Tell me that this girl is the one for me. Please tell me that. That's what we're doing on the inside. And on the outside, we're like acting so holy. Well, we got to deal with that, what's on the inside. Right. Because that is going to keep us away from hearing what God says. And so look at this. Let's go to uh, Jeremiah 24. And this is, this is really, when I read these two passages years ago, I got a revelation of this. I just read this. These verses stuck out to me. And when they did, it changed my life. Jeremiah 24, 7. I will give them a heart to know me, for I am the Lord, and they will be my people. Now, I want you to see this. If you're God's people, then he'll give you a heart to know him, yeah. right? He'll give you a heart to know him. So that, that should be natural to his people, but I'm, I'm not going to say it's natural to people that don't know him. But if we're his people, we're going to want to know God, okay? If you don't want to know God and his ways, then either you're not his people or somewhere you've gotten off track a little bit in your thinking, okay? Yeah. And watch this. And he says, uh, verse 7, And I will be their God, for they will return to me with their whole heart. Put this, put this in the comments right now. My whole heart. My whole heart. Because that's the key. How are we going to return to God? Do we want to be away from God? No. no we want to be as close right. as possible. How are we going to be as close as possible to God? With our whole heart. Yeah. With our whole heart. So I can't give them half my heart yeah. or a portion of my heart. But see, when I'm praying, Lord, show me what to do. But really on the inside, in the core of who I am, in my, yeah. not my spirit man heart, but the core of who I am, the, the whole, the, you know, the, the average of who I am in my spirit, my flesh, and my soul basically comes down to my thoughts. In, in the core of who I am, I really want God to tell me this way. I really want God to tell me this way. Then that's not my whole heart. I'm not giving him my whole heart. So I'm not going to be able to approach him fully until I deal with that. So that's why when we're, it's like, you know, people say, um, you know, people say, well, should I go do this? I really feel like I need to go do this. Well, the, the first thing that you need to be asking yourself is, do I have a bias towards that? Right. Doing that or not doing that? Because if you have a bias towards that, it's going to be really hard to hear from the Lord. Why? Because the only way we return to him is with our whole heart. Yeah. Okay? That's the only way that we return to him. So we've got to get it. Now look at Jeremiah 29, 11. It continues in a very similar vein. Verse 11 through the beginning of 14. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. And, and I want you to hear this. Look, to the people of God, the plans that God has for you, the plans that God has for you is only good plans right. to give you a future and a hope, a joy, a confidence, an expectation of great things, and not for calamity. He's got no tragedy. Put that in the comments. God has zero plans for tragedy in my life. Well, that's a relief. Yeah. Like, praise God. Now, here's the issue. Why in the world would I not tap into those plans? If I already know the end result of those plans, then I've got to get these plans from God. Yeah. I've got to get these blueprints. 
I need these blueprints because these plans are good and there's no tragedy in it. Mm -hmm. These are good plans. How do I get these blueprints? Okay, well, let's, let's answer that. He says, verse 12, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. So the first thing is we got to recognize we're going to the Lord for this. We're not getting this on our own. We're going to the Lord. Now, and watch this. We're doing it the Lord's way, mm-hmm. not our way, not what's worked for us in the past, so to speak. See, sometimes we can just get lucky, or really, let's call it what it is. We can receive the mercy of God, and we think mm-hmm. it was us doing it, but mm-hmm. it was really God helping us, you know, the unseen helping hand yeah. in our life. We thought it was we were so good, you know. That's like me the first time I prayed over somebody and they got healed, you know. It wasn't me. It wasn't how advanced I was. I thought I'd arrived. No, God was just like, I, I need to give them, you know, I need to help that person. <laughs> you know? I need to help that person because that guy don't know what he's doing in prayer, <laughs> right? Right. I, it was mercy. And so a lot of times what we think we've gotten good at was really just the mercy of God. And so we don't need to do things the way that we think work. We need to do things the way that God's told us yeah. to do this. Yeah. So I watch a lot of people that they're like, well, I'm going after the Lord and I'm seeking him. But all they're doing is they're seeking him on their own alone without the help of the system that God already put in place with apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. They come to a decision on their own. They get no confirmation of it. Not They think that they can't be deceived. Now they get deceived, and they think it's God, and when it doesn't work, they're going to blame God. Yeah. But they've already, what they ditched was all of Ephesians 4. What they ditched was Romans chapter 12. What they ditched was 1 Corinthians chapter 12. They ditched all of these things over here that tell us they didn't get confirmation. They didn't engage a spiritual leader in their life. They Mm -hmm. didn't do that. And they they ditched God. They ditched God's system, and they're expecting it to work. So when it says here in verse 12, then you will call upon, upon me and come and pray to me, He's talking about doing it his way and his system, not doing it what we think works, doing it the way he told us would work. So a lot of times people are doing things and it has the form of godliness, but God's not really in it because they're doing it their own way or what they think. And they don't realize they're already on the road to missing it. It might work for a little season, but that's just God giving you some time to make recognize your change and turn around. But that takes humility. It takes humility, okay? And so then he says, so the first thing is call on the Lord, go after him in his way. Verse 13, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. heart. Not a part of your heart, not a little bit of your heart, all of it. So if I'm sitting here praying and I got these two decisions on me and I'm like, oh, Lord, please show me your way. But on the inside of me, I'm going, but I really like this one. I Please choose this one. Confirm that I have this right. What we are, see, we're, we're asking the Lord to confirm something, but we've already broken his way because he doesn't have our whole heart. Right. We really want it to do this way, to be this way. Yeah. You know, we want it to be this way. We're asking God just to confirm that that's right. He doesn't have our whole heart. And so because of that, he says, you'll seek me and find me when it's conditional. Yeah. 
you search for me with all your heart. So a lot of times when, when people say, I'm just not hearing from God, I'm like, you know, do you have any biases? Because if you got a bias, he doesn't have your whole heart. He's got no promise to answer that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We got to lay ourselves online and say, I, and, and see, this is faith. This is trust. This is dealing with our biases. Lord, you know everything. <laughs> you love me with an absolute love. Why would I not trust you with this decision? And, and now watch this. Let's just put it in money because it'll help us. Let's say that this decision, I know I'm going to get paid $100,000 a year. This decision, I know I'm going to get paid $20,000 a year. Well, which one does our flesh want? The $100,000 a year. That's yeah. easy, right? Yeah. I want that. Well, and, and let, me, let me boil it down a little bit more. This one is a secular job working in the world. This one is working in ministry. And see, then we try to get holy about it. Like, yeah. Lord, you know I want to serve in your ministry. No, See, who cares what, what we want to do? God knows where we need to be. Again, who's building the house? Are there pieces in our house that God needs to build that we don't even know about? Right? right? Are there pieces in the house behind the walls that God says, I've got to give them this foundation. They will only find it in this job that's not ministry, it's secular. They'll find it there, and as they find it there, then years, years from now, in a few years, I'll move them over into ministry and they'll have it. Yeah. See, for me, the Marines was that. For me, owning my own company was that. My brother and I were talking last night. It is amazing how many things I learned to succeed by having some training. God took me through a certain way to give me a foundation that now I apply those things and I found them in the Word, but I have the discipline form from, from things I grabbed a hold of in the Marines, right? Or, or, or the, you know, keeping a company and the, keeping its doors open. Mm -hmm. I learned how to manage and, and manage cash flow and manage momentum and people and things like that that I use all the time when we started the church. You know? And so one of the things is, but had I, had I gone after what I wanted when I, when I bought the company, I would have started a church then. Mm -hmm. I would have said, Lord, I know you want. Now listen, I had the call to pastor inside of me since I was, I knew it at nine. At nine years old, yeah. I knew I was supposed to minister. At 11, I knew it was probably pastor. So when I got up to buy that company, well, I didn't necessarily want to buy the company and run a business. I wanted to run a church. But the Lord said, no, I don't want you to have that church right now. I want you to run this business. Yeah. Not knowing that running that business is going to teach me how to not only run our church right, but it was going to help me teach other ministers that now they won't have to go run a company. I can teach them those things. Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah. I've been smiling a lot because we had this conversation this morning about a very big bias that mm -hmm. I've had probably for more than a year of certain opportunities that I wanted to happen. And, um, realizing that I had been that person like praying God like your will be done but I really wanted to but, be yeah. this this one and so this morning um, was a defining moment for me because I had the opportunity to um, explore that option the opportunity a yeah. little bit more and as I was about to call I was able to recognize it because I've heard teaching uh, about this so thank yeah. you um, 
but recognized that this was a lot of bias that I was having. And yeah. so at that time, I had to put it on the altar, this desire, this opportunity that I've wanted for um, a long time, you know, and there just happened to be an opportunity also, yeah. like something that this actually could work it out. It must be God. I know, not every opportunity I'm learning means it's from God as not well. Not even close to every opportunity. Even if opportunity. it's a godly, a, like a good thing. In, in what looks like a God vein. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so laying that on the altar, like literally this morning, having to lay this desire on the altar yeah. and say, God, I'm not going to make this phone call because I can see that it's a bias. And if you want this, whatever opportunity might be here, you're going to build this house and you're going to That's make it right. work. So this is on time. Why try to build our own house? Mm -hmm. Why not let him build it? Right. In other words, if that's the one that he wants, mm -hmm. I'm open to it. If you, it, it works like this. Lord, I really, my flesh would like to do this, but I recognize that whichever one you tell me, is, it's mandatory that it be the absolute best for me. Yeah. So whatever you say is the best. I trust you. I cast away bias. If you tell me to do something, I'll do it. If you, anything you've already, now watch this, anything you've already told me to do, I'll keep doing. Yeah. That's a big key. Because sometimes people are sitting there waiting, 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 waiting. The Lord's already told them what to do. They just never grabbed a hold of it. Mm -hmm. So it's always good to go back. What has the Lord absolutely told you to do? Mm -hmm. You know, you are a part of this. Then be a part. You know, you are, you're supposed to do this. Then be doing those things. Don't stop because you have a question. Mm -hmm. Keep doing that just like he told you at mm -hmm. the beginning. So keep doing what he's told you. If he's not said anything extra, you don't have any responsibility mm -hmm. to do anything. In other words, like in that situation, if he doesn't say, Serena, make this phone call, say this, mm -hmm. you've got no responsibility. Right. He's, but he, doesn't he know how to get in touch with you? Oh, yeah. He knows your, <laughs> he knows your phone number. Yeah. And if you're missing it, you mm -hmm. got pastors that love you, and mm -hmm. he'll talk to them and say, Serena, get off your tail and go make that <laughs> phone call. <laughs> right? Right. And why? Because we love you. He mm -hmm. loves you. And even if you were missing it, mm -hmm. see, that's one of the great things about being plugged in to God's system yeah. is it, it has checks and balances so that even if you're missing it, you'll, you'll find help right. even if you're missing it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one of the great things of being plugged into a body of Christ. All right. So now, so, but if he doesn't tell you to do anything, you have no responsibility. Right. You're good. You can see that opening all day long and be like, oh, that's so nice. Glory to God. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. But if God's building the house, mm -hmm. he'll either tell you to do something or he will tell somebody else right. to do something. Right. So why would I try to manufacture that mm -hmm. and build my own house? Yeah. See, I've got to get to the place where I, I trust him. Mm -hmm. I trust him to move on my behalf. Yeah. See, and that's the issue. We don't really trust him. We haven't. Right. We haven't really trusted him to move on our behalf. We haven't really trusted him to get our attention. In our fellowship, we haven't really trusted him. So what we're doing is we're thinking all day long, do I need to make a phone call? Do I need to make a phone call? Oh, I don't know. I need, I need to make something happen. I don't need to be lazy on this. God, God, you know, he wants me not to be lazy. And now we bring God into it to stamp it with his. And what's really happening is we don't trust him. So our logic is starting to go to work and, and the smoke's coming out our ears and we're, we don't relax mm -hmm. until we've started building our own house. 
but we're not moving at the obedience of God. You see? Yeah. Yeah. So the issue is you'll seek me and you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. The beginning of verse 14. Ah, listen to this promise. Listen to this promise. And, and you can put this in the, in the comments. When I search for him with all my heart, look at this promise from God. God says, I will be found by you. I will be found by you. So when we, what we need to find of him, we will find if we'll just get to the place where we have no bias. It's like, I don't care what you tell me to do. Tell me to go here, I'll go here. Tell me to stay here, I'll stay here. You know, it, literally, when I was, um, before we started Boomerang, I was at a church and I made the decision. I was reading this. I was meditating on this. I'd had this revelation before, but I was at a, I was at a turning point. And I said, Lord, you know what? Like, I, I don't like the position that I'm in right now. But I'm getting unbiased right in, here in this moment. And even if you kept me here in the same position, doing the same thing, serving the way that I'm serving for the next 20 years, I would do it to the best of my ability and I would be good with that. And I dealt with it. I'd put my flesh down. I had dealt with my bias. And when I prayed that prayer, I literally meant it. I wasn't just giving lip service. Truly, in my core, I meant I am good with that. And within just a couple of months, he moved me out of that place. I had to get to that place where I was sowing myself wholeheartedly, mm -hmm. not just a piece of me. I had to get to that place where I was wholeheartedly there. And at that moment, so, and, and that doesn't mean, well, I don't like this job, so I'm going to get to the place and then God will move me. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. I didn't know that. I didn't know, I had no idea he was about to move me. I thought I was going to be there for 20 years. It was wholeheartedly in my heart. But many people are stuck on their destiny timeline yeah. because they're biased. And all they're trying to do is build a resume. They never complete their task with all of their heart towards God. And God can't promote them to the next thing. He can't move them to the next thing because they're sowing the wrong thing. And they would reap the wrong fruit. Right? Yeah. This is a big, big deal. And we've got mm -hmm. to see it. But look at this. How will we find them? How will we hear from them? With our whole heart. Yeah. And, and so I can, this is, this is a settled thing for me, as you can tell. So, like, I'm good. And I, and I meant this. Years ago, I can't tell you how many times I said to the Lord, Lord, if you want me to shut this church down, I'll shut it down. I will go serve another pastor right here in town and be happy to do it. I'll be happy to do it. That was a real conversation multiple times. I meant it. Now, some people be like, no, you can't do that. You can't shut it down. I can, and I would have. Had he told me to, I would have done it. I was ready. And yeah, there were times when I was frustrated, but it was, Lord, if you tell me to move, I will move. If you tell me to sell this house, sell, well, look, we just talked about it last week or the week before. Lord, if you tell me to sell this business, our only means of income, I'll sell it. And we did. God provided 
something else. But I didn't know that was coming up when we made that decision. So this is a settled thing. The Lord is the builder of our lives, and he gets the credit for the supernatural. He's doing stuff right now in our lives. I'm like, I'm just sitting back like, wow. Like, is this really happening, Lord? Like, are you... I know, is this real? Wow! You know, just that. But that doesn't happen for people because they never settle this issue of being unbiased. They're not really ready to do that. You know, I, to me, and this, this is a good thing, is, <laughs> this, this is a good thing for me, but, you know, if the Lord had told me, you know, Brian, I never want you to get married, I wouldn't have gotten married. You know, I wouldn't have done it. If he'd have said, I don't want you to do this, I want you to do this, and I knew that was the Lord, I had confirmation, I would do whatever it is because I trust him. And that's what makes it easy. It, it really, when we get to this place, oh, it becomes so easy because it's just like, God, oh, you want me to do that? Oh, okay, good, good, yeah, I'll do that. You know? Oh, you want me to do this? Okay, because once you get to this revelation, you start to realize that whatever he tells me to do, it's going to be the absolute best for me. I, it's going to be awesome. And how? I have no idea. <laughs> but it will be because he's got it figured out. He can see it all. Yeah. And so when you, we give him that level of trust, he can do the supernatural. Right. He can do the supernatural. But if we don't give him that level of trust, we'll live an average earthly life. Mm -hmm. Because we're the builder of the house. So we've got to back off of what we think, you know. I had um, recent. Is Abigail listening? Yes. <laughs> we got shouts here. I had, I had, you know, just a moment. Speaking her head out. I had, we had a, mo I had a moment, a couple of them in the last, you know, she has turned 19. She has, she has graduated. And she's got, she's beginning to receive offers to do different things here and there. And some of those offers are not here. And, you know, she's my baby girl and stuff like that. And, uh, and I've had to deal with that. You know, I've had to deal. But the issue is I dealt with it a long time ago. Like, and I've had, she's always had Africa in, in her heart. And so there's always been in the back of my heart, Lord, are you going to call her to Africa? Well, I don't, I don't know that God's going to call her to Africa. I don't think that she knows that God's going to call her to Africa. Do I think that she'll go there? Yeah, I do. The, he, he put too much in her heart over I think that she's supposed to go there. Well, I'm going to Africa on a regular basis. Is she going with me or is she going on her own thing? I don't know that. I don't, I don't have a clue. But here's what I'm good with. Lord, you, you're building her house too. And mine. And whatever you call her to do, she's more your child than she is mine. And, you know, maybe she meets a minister and he's not from here. And, you know, that's who she's supposed to get married to, you know, 50 years from now. <laughs> but, no, you know, it could. <laughs> so, you know, I don't. But the issue is I don't care when it is if it's God. Because he's got her best in mind, just like he has my best in mind. And whatever he says to do will be her best and my best. Yeah. But I've literally in the last few weeks had multiple opportunities 
uh, to have thoughts on that. And so I immediately just take that bias, you know, as a fleshly dad, I take that bias mm -hmm. and I set it down because I'm a, I'm a steward of her life, mm -hmm. not the Lord of it. Can you right. see that? Yeah. I'm not the Lord of her life. He's her father. He's her mm -hmm. Lord. And although there's pieces fleshly that I would like and, and not like, I, I want the best. And when I look into eternity, the absolute best is whatever he says. Mm -hmm. Because I believe this. I trust this. The same way I trust it for me, I trust it for her. And I found that when I live by this, oh, man, things go well. I'm literally, right now, Nicole and I are just like, wow, Lord. What are you doing? Like, this wasn't even in our plans. What are you doing? This is awesome. And he's bringing stuff to, about that we've dreamt of, mm -hmm. but didn't even know we were dreaming of some of it. You know, like over and above and beyond. And it's just the beginning. Like, we feel like we're just getting started. That's how good he is mm -hmm. and can be. I like, I still believe that we've not received everything that we could have received because we've let flesh get in in the past. But from this day forward, you know, it's kind of like, Lord, we want all of you. <laughs> you are so good. You are so, so good. But in order to walk in that, we've got to take our bias out of it. Mm -hmm. We've got to recognize it, see those parts where we're not wholehearted, and make sure that we're wholehearted and you know, one time, you know, to give you a, a final story, and then if y'all want to have any comments or questions that we can answer quickly, and we can talk more about this tomorrow, or whatever. But one time, I was buying a car, and, I, and truth be told, I wasn't really following the Lord at the moment I was buying the car. But it was a great example of this to me as it played out. And I, there were two cars, exact same car. One was red, one was blue, same features, same everything. I, I was very conservative in my taste. I wanted the blue car. Got all my paperwork done. Uh, I think it's the first and only brand new car I'd ever bought. And uh, got all my paperwork done, got it ready. By the time I got it ready, it was about a week later, they had sold the blue car, and the only one left was the red one. I was like, oh, man, I wanted the blue car. I wanted the blue car, you know? And, um, but the red one was there. I already had the paper. I was like, I'm, I need a car. I'm just, give me the red one, you know? And so I got the red. I was still happy to have a new car, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted in the flesh. I wasn't really asking the Lord about it as clearly as I would today, not even close. But as time went on, I found myself really enjoying that red car. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is weird. I like this red car. Mm -hmm. And then he, I got to the place where I was like, I really like, I am so glad I didn't get that blue car. Well, God knew that the whole time, and it was just his mercy helping me out. And it really kind of opened my mind to some things because I enjoyed the car being red. Mm -hmm. And I would have never guessed that. He knew my heart more than I knew my heart. Not only that, that car just kept going and going and going <laughs> and going. I always like to point out it went, and it kept on going until Nicole ran it into the back of the truck. <laughs> I hope she's listening. I have never heard that. I was that. wondering what happened It kept to that on going, I've yeah. even heard this story. Like, it's probably the third or fourth time I've heard this story. I've never heard that part of it. It kept on going until she ran it into the back of the truck. Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> yeah, and, yeah, Buddy said, now you have a red motor. I do, and I love, I love that. So, but no, it, my point is, I enjoyed it being red. Yeah. yeah. And I would have never guessed that, but God knew. Yeah. And he helped me when I wasn't even really going out. He had mercy on me. Yeah. God knew that. But here's the other thing. Not only did I like the red, but it was a good car. Mm -hmm. It didn't break down all the time. Mm -hmm. It was a good car. I, I had other friends that had cars that was the same model mm -hmm. that broke down, wow. but mine didn't. Yeah. It was the right one. Yeah. God knew this one was not going to have you know, problems and flaws in it. Mm -hmm. It was going to be a good car that would not be a hassle to me, not be bills all yeah. the time. And he wanted me to have the red one. Also, I enjoyed the red. And so I learned... Wow, if I didn't even know that, but God knew that the whole time, because I recognized that was a good gift from God. Every good and perfect gift comes from Him. I recognized that, that it was Him helping me there. Yeah. And I went, what else do I have no clue about, but God knows? Mm -hmm. And the answer is everything. Yeah. So let's just put it in His hands. Yeah. Throw things on the altar and be good with it. Yeah. And be good with it. Mm -hmm. See, we see the story of Abraham. We see that Isaac was never actually killed. But in Abraham's heart, he was. Yeah. In Abraham's heart, he literally placed his baby, his baby, his thing he really wanted on the altar. His thing he believed God for. He placed his baby on the altar. And you go over into Hebrews, you see. He was going to plunge the knife and offer him up. How many, see, that's why he's the father of faith. Well, God needs some more people that are fathers of faith mm -hmm. that will take their baby, take their, their precious idea and plunge the knife in it if God says it. And because if God told him to do it, it would be the best. And what Abraham says, even if it was God, I believed he would raise him up from the dead. Yeah. God, Abraham believed so far that he knew that if this was a great desire of God given to me by God, God will find a way to bring it back to life for me. Yeah. But see, we haven't trusted the Lord like that. We have had bias. And because of that, we've not moved into the fullness of our destiny. And we've got to lay, lay some things down, yeah. lay our thinking down, lay our, our fleshly desires down, and stop going to God with a desire and with not all of our heart right right so we had um, Kevin ask a few questions what if you believe in your deepest self that you have done all this and yet are still in limbo um, and then he said I believe I've done all that you've said now it's been six years now what yeah yep I've been there too and what I found out was honestly where it's just like it's it's just like this Kevin and uh, the things where I thought I had gotten unbiased or I thought that I knew the right answer, there was more to be revealed that I couldn't see. Mm -hmm. And I've been exactly, in the question you just asked, I've been exactly that. And I keep going, I'm like, something's wrong. Something's not working. And what I found out is not God that's not working. It was still me. Mm -hmm. There were pieces in me that I had not uh, uncovered yet. And for whatever reason, it could have been, you know, my issue. It could have been just time, you know, but I found the Lord had some stuff to lay out. And I would say that's a conversation that you and I can have privately and we can, you know, and as a pastor, there'll be an anointing to uncover some of those things. 
Um, and that's what a lot of times people don't do. They won't, they won't take that question. They'll just sit on it by themselves. And what they end up doing is they're not actually coming to God because they're not coming to a system like in Ephesians 4. They're just trying to figure it out on their own. Not saying that he is or isn't. We've talked about a lot of things. But when you hit those moments, that's a good time to engage the system of God. Yeah. And what I've found, Kevin, because I've hit that many times, actually. I know exactly what you're talking about. And that, what that shows is, okay, there's something I'm missing, and, that, and God's already made us a promise that he'll reveal it. So, Lord, I yield myself to you. Help me see what it is I'm missing. And um, a lot of times we have more. Here, here's the issue, and it's not just Kevin. I guarantee you it's everybody listening. We have more flesh than what we think we do. We have more flesh habits and thought processes than what we think we do. We, that's why we talked about in the stinking thinking series about arrival mentality, is yeah. we feel like we've arrived at something when we haven't actually. And because God is so deep, there's so much in him, and we feel like we've gotten the basics and we're really just beginning. Yeah. You know, We think we're going into high school and we're really just coming out of pre-K. Mm -hmm. You know, and that really is the issue. And that, that's where humility plays a big portion because most people are not able to take that. They don't want to think that I've not gotten further than what I have. You generally have gotten further than what you think you have, but not when compared to Christ. What we've done is we've compared ourselves to other people on the curve of other people, not on the curve of mm -hmm. Jesus. And, and that's where humility plays a big part of it. That, and so we got to give them our whole heart, back off of what we think we know, lay what we think we know on the altar, do it God's way, you know, utilize his system of, of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and uh, go that way. But here's the issue, Kevin, and I'll, I'll give you this right now because you're not the only one. I'm so glad you brought this up. I'm so glad you brought this up because I guarantee you, you got the guts to bring that up and say that, but there's a whole bunch of people that don't, first of all, that don't have the guts to do it, and a whole bunch of other people don't even know that's an issue yet. Mm -hmm. But when they face it, they'll remember what you said. Here's the issue, though. If we're not willing to be the wrong person when we ask that question, we've not given them our whole heart. Well, I've done all of it, but it, so it can't be me. That's not our whole heart. That's coming to the Lord, but we're not willing for us to still be the issue. Mm -hmm. So when we do that, we must be willing to still be the issue. Like I still have more to work on, you know, and I know that. I don't know what those things are, but I can sense that there's more for me to grow in. I obviously don't know everything God knows, so that obviously there's more room for me to grow. So, Lord, I humble myself to you. You know, that's, that's a part of the whole heart there as well. So good question, good question. And I'll be happy to talk to anybody about that kind of stuff. So what else? Um, we had Hannah and Abby ask a similar question. How can we know if it's our bias or God's bias if we have peace on it? Um, do we need to wait for a word from God or can we operate from a feeling of peace? And then Abby just asked, how can we differentiate a peace from God and a bias? Well, what you need to do is you need the first thing I would definitely recommend, and we can get the link uh, connected to this, maybe put a card in the video on YouTube, is you need to understand the difference between the three parts of man, spirit, 
soul, and body, or the spirit is the real you, the inner man, the soul is the mind, will, and emotions, and then the body is the flesh, what you see in the mirror, but the body, the flesh, carries with it the corruption of sin in it. Uh, the spirit, if you're born again, is made completely new in the image of God and with his righteousness, uh, but the soul is renewed. The soul, the mind, will, and emotions is what we get in the word and, and wash ourselves with. So we change our thinking based off of the word of God and who God is. So if you don't understand the three parts of man, uh, which we'll put the link up here in just the comments, but we'll also have that link in the description of this video. And uh, if you don't understand the three parts of man, then you, won't you will think all of those run together and all of them are you, and that can lead to a lot of confusion because if God's leading you to do a holy thing and your flesh and your mind is willing you you know, leading you to do an unholy thing. Now you've got the two pulling against you. Uh, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15 actually lays it out this way. It says, let the peace of God rule in your heart or in the inner man, in the, in the core of who you are. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, and I want you to see this, this is a great revelation to have. There you go. There's the link of it. This is a great revelation to have is that you can have a peace in your heart, in the spirit of man, while you have confusion in your head, okay? And that can be vice versa. I can have a no in my inner man, but in my head I can have a yes, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, that yes is our fleshly bias, and the no is the leading of God, right? So, they, or if we have peace in our heart, that's the yes from God. And if we have confusion or a no, I don't want to do this, that's, that's, in, the, that's in the flesh. That's the bias of the flesh. So, you know, for example, if you're new to soul winning and, you, and you've had a fear of soul winning, God is going to lead you to be a soul winner. So in your heart, you're like, yes, I want to do this. But when you, when you try to go do it, your head can say, I don't want to go do this. Yeah. So now, and what we're supposed to follow is not the no and the confusion in our head, but we follow the peace that's in our heart. No, I know I'm supposed to do this in that spirit man, in the inner man. So what it, what it tells us, the word tells us is that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder joints and marrow, soul and spirit. And so, in other words, the more we get into the Word and the more we flow in the Holy Ghost, then we will be able to discern between what the Spirit is saying and what our soul mm -hmm. or our flesh man is saying. Mm -hmm. We'll be able to tell which one is the originating source. Yeah. And so the more we get in the Word, the more we say, this is why we need to study the Word. We need to know because that's a serious deal. Yeah. And... Before you get there, one of the ways you can get there is you can go and talk to a pastor and say, hey, here's what I'm facing, here's what uh, I feel like, and here's what I think I should do. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And that pastor who should have more knowledge and uh, understanding of spiritual things, that shouldn't be ignorant in spiritual things, that pastor that has more time in the Word and more experience in spiritual things should be able to help you not tell you what to do, but confirm 
That's the soul. That's the spirit. That's your flesh. That's the spirit of God. Should be able to help you do those things. And if they can't, if they can't do that, uh, then maybe they're not a pastor. Maybe you need to find one that can. But uh, they should be able to tell you those things pretty, pretty easily by asking you some questions. You know, and there's sometimes where the person, I, I've had people that come to me and they don't tell me the whole story, yeah. and that's not fair, you know, in that way. But if, they're, if you're open and honest and you're, and you're telling them uh, and answering questions, they should be able to help you discern it or at least put you on the track. That's happened multiple times where I couldn't tell them this is God, this isn't, but I put them on the track to find that out. So um, that's where, that's where what now what you'll do is you'll take that confirmation from the pastor, apply it to what you're sensing in the Holy Spirit, and you'll be able to learn, oh, that's what that sense is. That's the peace of God in my heart. I'm going to let that rule. I'm going to yeah. let that have the vote, right? I'm going to give it the vote on what I'm going to do. Yeah. So, Amen. Was there any more? We had a bunch of comments, but I didn't read through them all. I don't think I saw any more. Okay. Good. Hallelujah. Well, we love it. Hey, Roderick Leach, getting ready to go to Africa, Tanzania. It's going to be awesome. He's leaving August the 1st. So, oh, yeah. Exciting. Amen. We're so excited to see you and excited for your trip. We love you so very much. So, anyway, do y'all have any other comments or questions on bias versus the leading of God? Can you see how important it is? Yes. Can you see how having <laughs> bias ruins everything? Yeah. I, I don't mean to like, it's, it's the anointing doing it, but yeah. the anointing has given you this wisdom and um, something that just kind of blew me away is how many, the Lord gave you this wisdom to, to give, to help to people, to help people and how many people has he put into your path to share this with, I mean, and so many people have not taken it. This is You're such right. a crucial message. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure the amount of people that you personally have watched not receive this is just massive. Yeah. So that, but the fact that we're able to hear this today, that we're, we are where we are, that you have your phone on or your computer or TV or whatever that you have it on right now is a privilege yeah. because yeah. it's life changing. Yeah. It's, it's so because, important. Not because it came from us or from me, but because the Lord ultimately mm -hmm. was the yeah. source of it. It's his wisdom yeah. that yeah. we're just showing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, any yeah. man of God can't manifest the anointing. <laughs> yeah, on <laughs> I mean, their own. Yeah. On your own. You can't yeah. do that on your own. And, and that was yeah. evident today. I mean, I for the past like little bit, I've just been like, I'm sorry if my face looked like, <laughs> I was just sitting here like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it, you, well, no man can do that on their own, but, but what a yeah. privilege it is that you Amen. have allowed this message to come through you. So thank you yeah. for the time that you took today to share this. Amen. Yeah. It's, it, it helps a lot of people. Well, God is good and the truth be told, I needed it. Like we wouldn't be where we are today if I wouldn't have had that yeah. revelation years ago. And, um, you know, our first conversation, our first real conversation was about this. It was. Yeah. And it was talking about how to be led and the importance of understanding and recognizing bias. Yeah. And that helped you immediately. Yeah. Um, and so there's, um, we have to recognize 
the important. Can you see as we're talking, and I want to ask you as well, can you see today how, first of all, how important it is? Second question, can you begin to fathom the number of people that aren't actually mm -hmm. living by this? Mm -hmm. Like, it's a lot. Just we, we, can, we can boil it down to that's a lot of people that aren't living by this. And because, so now think about all of these people, godly people, meant to be spiritual people, but their whole house of their life is yeah. not being built by God. Their destiny is being thrown away mm -hmm. because of bias, right? How many are building their own spiritual yeah. house? And the issue is I've watched pastors, I've watched all kinds of ministers that are not utilizing this. They're not doing this, and they're, and they're doing all these things for the Lord. And the issue is, though, they might not even be, have any rewards for their whole life's work because they've been, they were biased when they started it. And they set out on a path that God never mm. told them to set out on. And he says this. He says, if you do things outside of love, which he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So if you're doing something outside of what he's told you to do because of bias, because somebody told you that's what you ought to do, he said it in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 3, it profits you nothing. There's no reward. There's no eternity. Wasted life, wasted work, no profit to it. And, and God will be merciful and you know, some good will come out of it. But they'll have no reward from it because they weren't doing what God told them to do. Because yeah. they were biased. Because they didn't know this. And so yeah. I've seen this. Oh my goodness, I've seen it. And it hurts my heart. Because I'm like, I, don't, I want you to do what's right. But people move by their feelings all the time. I've, I've watched people leave churches, unplant themselves where God planted them. I've watched them do all kinds of stuff. And it's because they don't know this relationship. Or they'll get into a middle of a situation. They'll get in their feelings and emotions. And they'll let their emotions start talking to them uh, in a fake and a counterfeit voice of God. And all of a sudden, they're off doing something, stamping God's name on them. God had no part with mm -hmm. it. Very dangerous, very dangerous, because it'll put you in a it'll put you in a desert when God wants you in the garden, and so it's it's very important. But yeah, it's it's sad for when people don't don't get a hold of it. But oh, when we get a hold of it, when we grab a hold of giving God our whole heart, and we understand how to put down the flesh and get out of our bias, look at what's available to you. Look at what's available to you. Look at this. It is awesome. So, yeah. amen. Pastor Feli from Gabon, good to see you. I love you, man. And uh, blessings be on you in Jesus' name. So, from around Libreville, Gabon, Africa. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. Did you amen. receive? I did. Did that help? It did. <laughs> amen. Yes, that help? Mm -hmm. Glory. Did that help? I hope so. And uh, we just praise God for you. If you would like to sow today, you are welcome to. We have many ways that make it very easy to sow. Cash app, Venmo, PayPal. If you're watching on Facebook, you can type in hashtag donate followed by the amount. You can give cryptocurrency, text to give. Go to giveww.org. All those ways are there. You can give one time or you can set it up to partner with us. You can give every week, every month on a regular basis. 
uh, you can do that all at giveww.org. And so right now we just want to pray over anybody who's sowing today. Lord, every person that sows, Lord, let them be blessed. Okay, hold on before we finish praying. There's a verse. I want. We talked about this. I'm not going to go into details over it, but I can show it to you in Scripture. It's in 2 Corinthians 9, starting in verse 6. And it talks about there, uh, talks about giving bountifully. That mm-hmm. word bountifully means that you sow into with a heart towards a good word. Mm-hmm. That word bountifully is eulogia, which means a good word. When you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. So when you sow into a good word, you will reap the that good word in your life. So when, as I was praying, the Lord brought that up to me to tell. If you're wanting to live a life that is not biased, if you're wanting to live a life that's not biased, but one that's led by the Spirit of the Lord, where you give Him your whole heart and all of His plans, not for calamity, but it, for you to fare well, to give you a future and a hope, to come to pass and your destiny to be fulfilled, this is the type of message that you would sow into. Because when you sow into a message like that, you're sowing into the anointing and you're going to reap the anointing that's on that message. That's what that scripture says. So if you would like that those things to happen in your life, this is the message you want to sow into. And the, the amount... It, what's important about the amount is simply that you're obedient to whatever God yeah. says. It's not little or much. It's obedience. It's the heart to do that. So if that's what you're wanting in your life, seek the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to give on this message today? Mm-hmm. Whatever you tell me, I'm going to be unbiased in it, whether it's little or a lot. I'm going to put my flesh down. I just want to hear from you because whatever you tell me is going to be the best, and I want to reap that word in my life. Mm-hmm. If that's you today, you can go to giveww.org, and you can do that. So, Father, right now, everybody who is sowing today into that word. Lord, in the name of Jesus, let them see more clear than they ever have before where biases have been locked up in their lives and they need to be broken out and let go and get rid of them. Lord, where they've held on to biases, let them be unlocked and removed out of their life. Let the grip of those biases loose their grip and be removed in Jesus' name. Lord, where people have needed to know your heart, Lord, show them where their whole heart has been or not been so that they can make the changes and strengthen them with all your might to walk in it. And Lord, whatever somebody has sown, let it be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, running over in Jesus' name. We thank you for their seed into getting the good news of the gospel out. We praise you for it and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory to God. We love you so much. Were you blessed? Yes, sir. Yes. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm giving too. Like <laughs> I'm on here and like I, but I'm still sowing in, into the, yeah. this message today. Yeah, those things can be right. I've yeah. I've done that. I'll sow to the, my own message because I'm like <laughs> I recognize. That's the Lord that's flowing through yeah. there. I was like, I'm, I need more of this, what yeah. we just talked about. I need more manifestation yeah. in my life. I do that too. So 
Yeah, well, I, I understand that, so praise God. <laughs> I was trying not to pull out my phone and look like I'm uh, texting, but I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'm giving. Well, and they, they can give anytime. Go to giveww.org. They can always sow and, uh, at any time. But there are moments yeah. where the Lord says, you need to sow right now. Yeah. And, uh, that, and I sense that for some people. And, you know, not I believe it's probably not just you, but I sense that. That's why I stopped and went back to it. But... Anyway, we praise God for you. We'll be back tomorrow at 1130. Maybe we'll be talking some more on this topic. I'm not sure. If you have questions, go to whatsright.com. You can send us a message there. Ask us a, a question there. Send in a testimony there. Uh, if this has been a blessing uh, to you, tell us about it. We want to hear from you. And uh, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Hit the bell notification. And go watch Go watch that series on the three parts of man. That is an important series. One of yes. the biggest keys you can ever know about the Bible. Because many scriptures are talking about one of the parts of man and and people misinterpret it mm -hmm. because they don't realize uh, which part God's talking about right there. So understanding that is very big. Yeah. So amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all want to tell them bye? We'll hand it to Buddy. Bye. bye. See you tomorrow. Hey, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been an awesome word. If this ministered to you, make sure you share the broadcast. Get the word out. That's one of the ways you can sow into this word is by sharing the broadcast liking, sharing it, because that gets the word out, the good news of the gospel. So with that being said, guys, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, we have some awesome things coming up soon, and we're excited to give you that information. We'll be giving it to you a little bit later, but there's good things happening here uh, at, at What's Right here in Albemarle, and we want you to be a part of it. So make sure you stick around as we let you know what those things are. But tomorrow... We will see you at 11.30 for Lunch Plus. We love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.